up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 88 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? All right. You? I'm doing all right. It's been a week. It's definitely yeah. been a week. It has. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I am happy to be back with you. I'm happy to talk some Nintendo. Uh, but before we get into what we're playing this week, um, we, we do have a little bit of news uh, for you listeners, we did just want to give uh, a, a kind of official farewell on the podcast to our uh, now, unfortunately, former co-host and editor, uh, Mr. DJ The Content Lewis. Uh, unfortunately, as I said, uh, he is he has decided to take a step back for making content, so he's not going to be uh, working with the Loot Pots team anymore. And it's not, um, thankfully, I can say it's not due to any bad blood or anything like that. We still love DJ. We still consider DJ a good friend. Um, but he he was ready to uh, take a step away from from making content to uh, to just focus on uh, on his personal life and you know just um, what he's got going on. So. Uh, of course, we respect that decision as much as we will miss him and his contributions here on the show and, uh, you know, all throughout, you know, the Lupots world. So where that leaves uh, things like the Game Club, uh, we're not totally sure, to be honest with you. We do have one more episode hosted by DJ featuring uh, Mr. John Combs um, from uh, from Game Explain, John Cartwright. So he'll he'll uh, that'll be coming out. That'll be the last piece of content you'll get to enjoy with DJ. Uh, but. After that, um, you'll be able to keep up with him in the Discord. He's still there, not as active as he used to be, but he's around, so uh, you can you might run into him there. Uh, but you can also go keep up with him uh, at Games with DJ now over on Twitter. So um, if you want to show him some love or some 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 support, let him know that you uh, loved what he did here. I'm sure he would appreciate hearing from you. Uh, so again, DJ, thank you for everything. We love you, buddy, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just hopeful that DJ still writes in from time to time. I would DJ, love if you're that. listening, please like send us a question for next week's show because I I'm gonna miss you definitely. And I I I can another thing I'm gonna miss is like kettle talk on After Dark. What's <sighs> I know. There, you know. Like and now I I feel like I'm the only American you know like there to defend kettles you know and it's it's odd but all right mm. so look I know this is an After Dark thing but I have to say it right now. Uh, I have this work call every meet every day at uh, 9 a.m. with like my team to kind of sync up for the day, and uh, me I, I brought up electric kettles kind of as like a joke thing, thinking that they would all not know what it meant. And one of my coworkers was like, "That is the best thing I've ever bought on Amazon." And I was like, "Yes, brother! <laughs> Heck yeah, man! We're talking about electric kettles." <laughs> oh my god! So. Uh, if this is your first episode, I'm sorry. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Lupots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast where we talk about all things Nintendo and electric kettles sometimes, and sometimes we get sad about DJ leaving. But uh, we have a lot of show ahead of us that's not about any of those things. That is just about Nintendo. Uh, so if uh, if you you know want to show your support for the show, of course, you can give us a, a like on your platform of choice. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so that you can get our show when it goes live every Monday morning. And um, last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond to support the show, you head over to the Patreon, give us a buck, get After Dark, which is our extra little show where, again, we'll, you know, we're going to get into some kettle talk, uh, it sounds like, this week. Uh, but also some very uh, interesting stories, like the 
experience I had with a man at a park who had a gun. So if you want to hear yeah, that story. I need story, to hear about that. I, I just got that random DM from you. I think it was like 3 a.m. my time on like <laughs> Tuesday. And you were like, so I have a story about a picnic and a man with a gun. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I didn't respond. I was like, just that's it. I need to remember that we have to talk about this on After Dark. So if you want to hear that story and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, including some non-Nintendo Gamescom uh, discussions today, uh, you can go check that out, show your support for a buck, and you'll get access to uh, an extra little bit of loot pots every week. So uh, aside from that, you know, if you want to come engage with the community, you can get a ton of other content from us at lootpots.com. Uh, and you can head over to our YouTube channel where we've got a brand new video since our last episode, uh, which is, of course, called Nintendo's Forgotten Marketing Campaign, Zelda Majora's Mask. So if you want to take a deep dive into um, just a fascinating story, honestly, about uh, the way that Majora's Mask was marketed back in you know 2000, the days of the early internet, uh, this one comes from uh, one of the team members, Adam, who you've probably not heard from before, uh, but you'll be hearing a lot more from because uh, he's doing some real cool stuff for us, and uh, we'll have to get him on the show to talk about the video and, and like how, yeah, we, how we got into it and everything. Um, but yeah, so ton of content from us all over the web that you can check out uh of course we've also got the twitch channel follow at lupots uh, on twitter and instagram to keep up with everything we're doing all over the place and um you know i would say last but not not least of course is the discord uh best way to keep in touch with the ever-growing community of potsheads just like you you can talk with me and steve you can get your questions right on the air uh just like the fine folks in our mail pot segment did and uh yeah so t- tons of great stuff for you to get into over there um but that's enough shilling for now Let's hop into what we're playing. Yeah, so speaking of the early internet, Pete, this week I've been playing some Hypnospace Outlaw, which I briefly spoke about last week, right? Yeah, you and did. I was hoping you would have played more of it because I want to I wanna hear about it. Yeah, so I, I played the, the, the free demo last week because it didn't come out until the 27th and we recorded before, before that. Um, so I picked up the full game because i was sold by the demo and i've been playing through this and it's so fun and as you progress through the game it gets more and more crazy more and more early internet like i've downloaded viruses you can oh, download, really yeah you can download different cursors for your uh, desktop so i've now got like a, a magic wand cursor that i can move around that's with awesome there's like a whole customization thing there's different screen savers you can put on all sorts of weird stuff so if you have any nostalgia for any of that side of things that's all there too i really do um, <laughs> and then i went through i've just done the seventh um the seventh like they're not quests, they're like assignments. So you get assigned by dispatch. You're a, you play a moderator and you're going through the, the early web to kind of look through and moderate things, take down um, copyright infringements or any uh, harassment cases. So you're basically a cop. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> um, and I, someone had made this um, like adventure game. They like built out a map, and you had to like go through the map and do like a treasure hunt, and then get to the end, and then you had to put like a password in based on content you read on various different websites and things like this. It was a total like treasure hunt in order to get to the content, which was crazy. Another one of the ones I've, I've done, I had to install a virus in order to be able to see like secret web pages, and it would reveal <laughs> content, which was insane. <laughs> it's just so creative. And uh, it, it's it's really worth uh, picking up if you have any kind of nostalgia for it. Um, the touchscreen sometimes can be a little bit 
uh, tricky to place where you want, but I think that's a restriction on the Switch is touchscreen not being particularly accurate at times. Why don't you play it with um, a mouse and keyboard? It has mouse I, and keyboard. Yeah, I, w- I think I will. I just haven't been home, so I've been playing it entirely ah, okay. while I've been at my parents, which has been uh, handheld. So I may try plugging a mouse and keyboard in and seeing how that works. But if I was going to do that, I would probably just bought the game on Steam because it's cheaper there at the moment on Steam. It's on sale. Mm-hmm. So if you're only going to play it with a mouse and keyboard, then I would recommend you probably pick it up on Steam anyway. I do really want to try this one, but I think it, I think I'd rather play it on a computer. It's the rare game I think I'd rather play on a computer. Yeah. And you've you've not been playing a Nintendo game again. No, I'm a bad person. I'm still just playing Persona. <laughs> um, I I think I'm fast approaching the end here, though. I like I'd like to think that maybe two episodes from now I'll be talking about a new game. I will say this though, um, I I did uh, last night go and add a bunch of stuff that's currently on sale to my uh, my wish list. So um, I think I'm gonna buy some new games for my Switch today. Okay. I didn't want to pull the trigger last night because I was like, yeah, like I'm not gonna play anything right now. I downloaded the um, Rayman Origins demo. Uh, yeah, because I've always kind of wanted to play that game. I've heard it's really good, and I, I liked the Rayman that was on the PS One when I was a kid. Um, and I picked it up and I played the demo and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's not really scratching that itch for me. Like for whatever reason, the, the movement of it just doesn't, it didn't appeal to me specifically, you know, like I got through a few levels that it, it gave me and I was like, that's enough. And I was going to buy that because okay. it was only 10 bucks. And I was like, that seems like a steal, but meh, didn't, didn't really tickle my fancy. But, uh, I was a guest over on the Fanatics 4 podcast this week. Um, directly to you, which you can find over on YouTube and uh, I think on Stitcher. And um, Parker was also talking about Spirit Fair, which I know you had you had played. And um, your your talk about I, I don't, you had just played the demo, right? Or did you buy it? No, I I bought this game day one when it came out. It was like a surprise drop after the uh, the, the indie, indie highlights. Drop. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really great game. I highly recommend it. And so, I found out this week. It's co-op. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like you could just... like so I had no idea. And uh, a friend of mine said, Oh, did you know this game's co-op? I said, No, I had no idea. He was, I was like, Yeah, I was playing it. And my housemate accidentally sat on the controller, like the second controller. And all of a sudden, the second person showed up on screen. That's awesome. And so like, you can play this game entirely co-op. I haven't seen that co-op. mentioned anywhere. No, but I just like had a look the on the... No, it's not. It's nowhere on the trailer. But I had a look on the Nintendo um, the listing for it, and it says players up to two players. So it, it it's not obvious that it's co-op. But if you just have two controllers connected, it will let you play the game as co-op, and you it's can cool. go off and do different things on the ship, and you can explore different things on the islands you go to, and things like that. So that's cool. Um, I uh, so you had already. I was already interested in the game. You had cemented my interest, and then Parker was like gushing about it, and like um, had he, he compared it to Steven Universe, and I was like, "All right, okay, I'm sold. Stop selling. I'll go <laughs> buy the game. Okay, guys." Uh, yeah, he so, knows how to sell stuff to you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to grab that one. Um, I, I think I might. I might pick it up later today, but I don't know that I'll get into it right away, just because. 
I'm really on that Persona I, grind right now. See, I found I thought I wasn't really going to get into it massively, and I didn't like the intro of the game. I thought it was a bit strange. It wasn't at all like what the trailer showed of what the gameplay was like. But once I got past that and I got into the first, I would say, hour or two is very much babying you, and it's very linear. Like, you have to do this step to do this step to do this step to kind of teach you all the mechanics of the game. Yeah. But once you're past that, it very much is open, and you just play it how you want, which I like. Um, yeah, but I also had an email speaking of wish list from Nintendo. I've, there's a game on my wish list that I'm probably going to pick up this week, which is Kentucky, Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, nice! It's been on my list for ages to to pick up and play. Um, so once I finish Hypnospace, I may move on to to that one. You should. Uh, I bought it when it came to Switch. Uh, I already owned it on Steam. And I played the first four chapters around the time that Chapter 4 came out. But if you know anything about the history of Kentucky Route Zero, it's been coming out since, like, 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, So Chapter 5 was supposed to have come out, and I think it's been delayed, like, twice already. And then the TV version finally came out. I snagged it on Switch, and I just haven't played it because it's been so long since I played Chapters 1 through 4. And I played them, like, in, you know, like, one sitting. Um I, I kind of want to just do that again and just play through the entire game, but I haven't necessarily had the... It's like, I feel like that's a game you really need to be in the mood for, you know? Okay, yeah. Because it's like... And not because it's... Anything about it is, like, you know, questionable or, or not good or anything, but, like, more... We're coming from a place of, like... I think anyone who listens to the show knows that, like, I like a lot of different kinds of games, you know? And, like, I love an Animal Crossing just as much of as, like, a, a Ghost of Tsushima or a Persona 5 or a Zelda or a Pokemon or whatever. Like, Mario. Like, um, but it, it definitely is, like, a mood thing where, like, that game is – it's slow. It's quiet. It's thoughtful. It's moody. It's, it's sad. And, like, it's very much, like, a, a space you need to, like – be ready to get in and just sit in, you know, and like really commit to what it's trying to put down. And that's the kind of game I'm sometimes super in the mood for and sometimes not super in the mood for. And usually I go for a game like that after I finish a big meaty game that took me a long time. And I'm like, I kind of feel sad that it's over and like, I want to play something else, but I don't know what that next thing is. Like that's Mm -hmm. usually where a kind of a game like that like slots in for me. Um, but this year I've very much just been going like hard of like big meaty AAA game to another one, to another one to, and just like playing the shit out of it. Cause what the hell else are you doing right now? Everyone's stuck home. Um, so I guess like if I had not had persona to jump back into, I think I probably might've gone back to that. But like coming off ghost, I was like, Oh, here's this warm, cozy game. I was right in the middle of, I can hop right back into great. Maybe we should do, like, a a games club, just like the two of us, if we want to, for some kind of... I mean, I wouldn't say no. Or we could rope some other people in who've never played it. Yeah, somebody else will do it. Kentucky Route Zero is really good. I I think Chloe would like it. Yeah, I think so. Alright, we'll we'll rope Chloe into it, and I guess we're going to keep the game club rolling. We just decided. Yeah, we're going to have to. Okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Do not like nobody clip this and nobody keep the, keep us on toe for this because I have no idea if we can maintain that game club or not. So, so <laughs> Do don't. not hold us accountable. <laughs> Do not. We're no. gonna throw it out there. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing, listeners. 
if you really, really want the game club to keep going, now we, we put it out there. Let us know. All right? And if we, if we hear the outcry of support for that program that's had one episode so far uh, for you, the listener, let us know, and we'll keep it rolling somehow, some way. Uh, okay, so uh, let's let's jump into the news. We got another partner direct uh, this week, but unlike last time, I will not be defending it <laughs> because it was not very interesting. And it was another one of those surprise drops. And this was, I think it was compounded by the fact that everyone this week was talking about there's going to be a direct, it's coming on the 28th, there's yeah. going to be a big one, we're going to have the news about the Mario stuff and this, that, and the other. And then this just randomly dropped on the 26th. And like the highlights are Just Dance 2021 and I would say Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. And then the rest of it is kind of like, oh, you've got some release dates and. Some filler stuff. I guess the harmonics thing was kind of cool, but I think we I just feel like seen that before, and I'm kind of past those games myself. Yeah. It's like, I think that there are several games in here that, like, could maybe be a big deal to someone, right? Like, the harmonics game is a good example. The Kingdom Hearts uh, rhythm game is an example. Like, I, 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 World of Tanks, very popular game. But, like, I don't think any of these are, like, hype and none of these are like exciting you know and i know that people a lot of people felt that way about the last one but for me especially like playing persona 5 royal right now it's like shimigami tensei 4 is a big thing like that was one of the first games that they announced on switch and it was like oh no shimigami tensei 5 has been announced for switch and we've had nothing about it that's what i'm waiting for no but we did in the last we got four there was four they they were releasing four right no, they're re-releasing three. Uh, okay. And then they showed us five. Okay, got yeah. it. That was our first look at it since they announced it. Yeah, um, and the, like the trailer was nothing before. Yeah, it was literally just like a logo and like mm-hmm. there's monsters. Okay, cool. What was strange to me is like the day after this, they surprised released Hello Games' new game, The Last Campfire. And it was like, why was that not included in yeah. this partner direct? It's weird. Like to me, that was the big. That was even an um, even bigger deal to me because I'm actually not interested partners, in that That's game. why. Yeah, but I guess so. It's like, oh, you're not big enough. You're not Ubisoft or Harmonics or. Ah, uh, sorry. Your game looks too interesting. <laughs> oh, ouch! It's a dig. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be. I said I don't like being that guy. Like that's not my energy. But like this was this was this was a weak showing. I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, I feel like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Is something that like could have been hype, but like. But the that, more you hear about that game, the, the port's worse not it gets. Good. Yeah, the, the port's not good, and then it's like the multiplayer is region restricted, and there's like another bunch of other caveats that goes yep. on top of it. Yeah, uh, and I I was looking for uh, a question uh, for our question block segment, which I'm gonna pull up in uh, just a second here, over on the Nintendo subreddit, and like. There was a lot of threads about people who were like, oh, I remember why I hate this game. Or like, this is a terrible port. And like, people are not about it. So uh, with all that, it's like, mm, I don't know, guys. I don't know. So I, for me, like, I don't even really have any standouts for this. Like I, uh, I said on the Fanatic show that like I really liked Poyo Poyo Tetris. I don't really have any interest in a Poyo Poyo Tetris 2. Like, I can just play that game more. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I have nothing to say about that really. I don't like Puyo Puyo. The only thing I played in that was Tetris, and I ended up just buying the the big block DLC for Tetris yeah. 99, so I could play Yeah, it's Tetris. like, now that you have Tetris 99, it's like, I'm not even going to play yeah. Puyo Puyo Tetris anymore. Yeah. If I want to play Tetris, I'm going to play Tetris 99. So, I don't know. I, uh, uh, swing and a miss. We'll see how it goes next time. Uh, so let's jump into the question block. Uh, this is a segment where I pull a question from the Nintendo or the Nintendo Switch subreddit. This one comes from user Dreadshed44, who says, What was, in your opinion, the most hype Nintendo Direct moment from any Direct ever? So we haven't gotten a cool Direct in like 500 days, Steve. That's what everyone says. Not Some even one Direct. Like that, yeah. So t- in your opinion, let's, let's you know, let's... The thing that they can never take away from us is our memories. Those warm, fuzzy memories of the good directs. So, what's your what's your most hyped direct moment? Hmm. I mean, in, in personal memory, I think it's when me and you were watching the the e, I think it was the E three direct on the yeah. live stream. Like that was really fun to watch that with you, and I was like really hyped about everything that was being announced and stuff. And You're I think screaming they did, a lot. <laughs> they did that. Um, was that when they did the Animal Crossing reveal? I think at the end you saw like Isabel, and she was like, "I'm going off to be in Smash." And then I think they did the. I think I think it was after that. Okay, but I remember they did the. I think they did the fake out then, which was Is- Isabel showed up, and me and you were both like really excited that yeah. Animal Crossing was going to come, and it turned out she was just going to play in Smash Bros. And then um, I would say the Animal Crossing reveal was probably the moment I was most hyped for personally because I was really looking forward to an Animal Crossing. Yeah, but I don't know. There's been a bunch of them. Like I remember seeing. Um, I think that's. Smash Bros. announcement was probably really hype for a bunch of people. That was the same direct too, if you remember. To me, that is the most hype direct ever because it was that was the one where it was like, I, I think it was E three, and like a huge chunk of it was was the Smash thing of like the mm-hmm. everybody's here and then they're like no literally everybody here's Snake and then they just start showing you pictures of people and I remember I was with uh, Mike who's written for Loot Pots and is in my band and stuff and him and Sarah and I were watching it and I we just started screaming and I was like <laughs> I saw, I was like I was just like oh 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 they got two like they got young Link oh, like just freaking out just like oh my god it's literally every character this is insane and then I think after that as the end of the direct was the Animal Crossing thing of like we have more news coming and I was just like what what like oh my yeah. god what a double whammy are you kidding me like I was I was like unbelievably excited you know. Like, these are, like, the two games that I'm most excited about right now seeing again. And they're both giving me exactly what I want, which is everything in Smash and any announcement about Animal Crossing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was not massively into Smash, but I do remember being excited about just seeing all of that stuff. And everyone on Twitter was really hype about it. Yeah. Um, but I guess, I mean, that's that's probably the one for me. Uh, I never watched any directs prior to the Switch reveal. So really? I don't have any kind of acknowledgement into into those. The other ones, like, there are other ones that are standouts that I really enjoyed, but, I, like, I don't think that there's one that's been more hype than, like, the heights of the, the Switch era stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, they were not... Like Nintendo well, you had like five pe- the five people with the Wii U tuning in to watch. Yeah, right. 
Uh, and that's the thing is I feel like people still watched them because they wanted stuff that was cool, but it was like so rare. Because yeah. I remember there was the one I think it was like E3 2014 or 2015. It was a big E3 year. It was the year. Is that when they were showing year. Breath of the Wild? No, that was a really good one. That was 16, I think. And they showed like you can customize things on the inventory on the game plan. Yeah, and then just blacked out, and you could do nothing with on the launch version because <laughs> they didn't want to make it better than the Switch version. I'm pretty sure that was 2016, but I think it was okay. 2014 or 2015. I, I think it was the same year that they revealed Horizon and No Man's Sky and like a bunch of those other PlayStation games. But I remember Nintendo had. Um, two years where they did like very gimmicky directs that were like stylized and they were awesome. There was one where it was the entire thing was done by the robot chicken team. So it was like all just bits. And like, there was a bit about someone like, there's this like, you know, like big, like, uh, like angry nerd in the crowd who's just like where's mother three and like reggie just fucking shoots him with laser beams from his <laughs> eyes and melts him and shit like it's so funny uh and then there was another one that i think was maybe the next year might have been the year prior um forgive me i was in college and very drunk while they were happening uh it was um they had like pu- puppets for all of them and they had like <laughs> They had like uh like Miyamoto and Reggie and Wada and they were all like these like, you know, like Avenue Q style puppets like walking around oh Nintendo HQ and stuff. It was just so funny, you know, it's like very quirky and, and silly and especially like compared to all the other like grim dark you know, like, oh, here, we've got this gray first-person shooter. Here's a car. And it's like, yeah, Nintendo's forget the weird factor, and I'm here for it. <laughs> no, no. See, honestly, that's the weirdest thing to me. It's like Xbox always just reveals a car at E3. It's like, let's take that one <laughs> off the big go. Out, so here's a car. It's like, that's really cool, but show <laughs> me the game. Or like, uh, like, I love how I feel like it's usually uh, EA or, or well, yeah, like EA does FIFA, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. I remember there was that one year where like Pele came out and he's like talking about his career. And I'm like, look, no disrespect for to Pele. I, I know he's like the best soccer player that ever lived, but we're here to talk about FIFA. I don't really need to hear like <laughs> on the man's career, you know? I don't even want to hear about FIFA, let alone real soccer. Can we get back to Mass Effect? <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I thought that was a fun question, especially, you know, I think we've all been a little bit hungry for direct news, so thought it might be fun to look back on a couple good ones. Uh, so let's hop into Gamescom news, uh, which happened this, this week. We had opening night. There's still a few more. They have another event, right? Before it's all over? I think that's the closing night that they do, yeah. and it's like just a bunch of other bits and pieces. There was probably- a bunch of, like, Germany-only things, like... Um- like a, a cosplay online cosplay thing that they're doing and a bunch of like community events and stuff so okay. there's still a, there's still some stuff going on you have to imagine we, we might get one or two two more big announcements but i think the bulk of what we were going to see came from from this opening night event yeah that they did um not too much on the nintendo switch front but there are a few interesting ones uh first was little nightmares 2 um i little nightmares was a game that i remember like showed Really, I thought it was really interesting of like, oh, this is a very different style, like, but I never, it never really grabbed my attention. Um, no. And I never really saw people, like, talk about it that much. So I was kind of surprised to see that there was a second one coming, actually. Well, I mean, I think, 
I think it hit well with people that kind of like the Inside and um, Limbo games. It's sure. very similar in style to me to those ones, and I, I'm glad there's another one coming. I don't know if it's gonna be an amazing seller, but I, I think people that like Little Nightmares will be looking forward to Little Nightmares too. I've never played Little Nightmares one; it's been on my list for a long time to play. Yeah, it seems like a game you might like. It's a puzzler. Um, yeah, I liked Inside. I like Limbo. I think I probably should pick up Little Nightmares at some point. I need to play. I probably Inside. do like a combo. I really like packing. Limbo. Everybody tells me that Inside's like one of the best games ever made. And I just yeah, Inside's better than Limbo. Inside's yeah. great. I'll have to do it one day. One and day. Like, when, when the dogs are chasing you, you'll shit yourself. <laughs> I don't like when dog when I have to fight dogs. You don't have to fight them. You're just running away from them. But that's, it's terrifying. That's pretty bad, too. Uh, okay, so then next up was Jurassic World Evolution Complete Edition, which is a game I'm, I actually was like really hyped for. Me too. Um, yeah. That makes sense. We both like management sims. I really loved Zoo Tycoon back in the day. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Zoo Tycoon's great. The original Zoo Tycoon had two expansions, one which added marine animals and one which added Jurassic Park, um, basically, <laughs> where you could just put dinosaurs and extinct stuff. And so when this was announced, I was like, that looks awesome. Like, that looks like Zoo Tycoon. Like, I would love to play this. And I never jumped on it because I think by the time it had come out, I think it was after I moved to Philly um, yeah. or or some, sometime around then. And uh, it was just, like, it just didn't line up for me, you know, like, where I, I wanted a, a sim game to, like, sit down and play on my computer. But having it come to Switch, it's like, hmm, all right. Well, I mean, this it, won't, comes... it won't control as well, but I might actually play it. Oh, no, I think they can get it to work well. So this is from the same people that did Planet Coaster and Planet Zoo. Oh. Who were former, like, formerly on the Zoo Tycoon team. Uh, and they've done, a, basically, a Jurassic Park version of that game. So I think it will work well. They also did Zoo Tycoon for um, Xbox, which has phenomenal yeah. controls. So if they can replicate those controls on console for Jurassic World Evolution, I think it will will play really well. That is hype. I think I might. I think I might buy it finally. Okay, and then um, <clears throat> last up was Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, officially added a Nintendo Switch version, uh, as well as on PS4 and Xbox One. So apparently it was originally exclusive to uh, next-gen and PC, but they've officially announced it's coming to all current-gen consoles. Um, so that's potentially interesting. Uh, yeah. I I don't know what to make of this game, to be honest with you. like You play I, as Gollum, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, which is like that... That on its face isn't um, isn't particularly interesting or disinteresting to me. You know, like that's like like I, I really like Lord of the Rings. So and I've I've enjoyed a lot of Lord of the Rings games. So the idea of like a good game about Gollum, it's like, yeah, sure, okay. That could be interesting, but we haven't really like seen it in action. Like they told us more about you know, um, there's like the Gollum options and the Schmeagle options, and like, like they gave us more. Like, the, it's a stealth game, and but I, I kind of want to like see it, see it in action. Mm. You know, it was very cinematic the trailer that they showed. Yeah, and it, it, it was like a lot of just like stills. 
You know, like they were like Ken Burnsing it, where it's like, yeah. here's a it's still, still a, it's it, still a long way off. Doing. It's late 2021, and I could see that being pushed into 2022 at this at this pace. Yeah, probably. So you'll see, we'll see some more at some point, but I think it is still a ways away. So they don't want to reveal all their cards too soon. They yeah. may be changing some gameplay aspects along the way. So true. Which is fair. I just I think that's kind of where I'm at with this game at this point. Is like I don't really even want to hear about it again until you have something to show me. Yeah, I think I've realized I'd rather just see a game when it's ready. And that's what Rockstar did with um, Red Dead Redemption 2. It was like, yeah. here's the game. It's ready. It's going to be out in like six months. Nintendo did it with Mario Odyssey. Uh, we've seen it with a bunch of stuff like Square did it with the latest Tomb Raider game. And I think there's pros and cons to that. Like there is... There is something to be said for that hype machine that you can really kind of tease people. And we've seen that with Cyberpunk, how they revealed it, showed very little. And then it was like more and more slowly revealed and teases and like shown behind closed doors that leaked out. And I could kind of see that that got leaked on purpose potentially to like get more and more hype. Um, But I personally like just seeing the game when it's done and going, here's this cool experience you could buy in like six months time. So I was debating this with um, with Dan on Twitter not that long ago, and I I don't think it's a one or the other thing. Like I think some games benefit from shorter cycles and some don't, you know. And um, both you and he brought up the Mario example, or like Red Dead for example. I don't I don't think it's um, I don't think all games can get away with that. I think no, I don't. If it's, if like it's an, an existing IP, franchise, you can yeah. do it. Yeah. But I think they could do it with Lord of the Rings. Like, here's the latest awesome Lord of the Rings game. Potentially, I just... Like, the Lord of the Rings is that kind of franchise, but I think, like... I don't know. That that might be fair with this example. Um, but, like, I think about, like, something like Horizon, which, like, was revealed, like, probably, I don't know, three years mm-hmm. before it came out. Like, I think that only helped that game, right? But it also, I think there's a difference between showing it early and showing it, like, way too early. Because I think, like, being like, there's a Gollum game. Here's a screenshot from it. And then now, six months later or whatever, here's more screenshots. Like, that's not helping me. But the first reveal of Horizon was this really, really fucking cool cinematic trailer that was in-engine. You know? So it's yeah. like, oh, that's this looks hype. Like, because the thing is, before Horizon... Gorilla was the Killzone studio. So if you were like, the Killzone studio has a new game coming out. It's called Horizon. I'd be like, I don't care about that. But <laughs> Oh, sh- another shooter. Yeah, great. And granted, maybe if they showed me a trailer six months before it came out and were like, here you go, I would have been just as hype and I would have bought it anyway. But I talked about that game for like three years because of that trailer. Because I was like, this game looks cool. Like, I'm really interested in this like post-apocalyptic world with all these robot monsters and like ashley birch is the main character like i'm i'm into this like i want to play this game um in the same way that i think us seeing that breath of the wild 2 trailer last year for me as a nintendo fan has like helped string me along this year of like i know breath of the wild 2 is coming soon guys it's cool like it's cool i got it and i, I think you look yeah, at- but what I don't want is for that to not like not be announced for a very long time again. I I I think there is a danger of just showing, say, something way too soon. Bayonetta three, for example, we saw that that was coming. Right. Where the fuck is it? You know, it's like, and and it gets to that point where there's probably a tipping point where fans are like, oh, they they just showed us that too early to just get hyped up for nothing. 
And I, I think that's the balancing act. Is like you need you can show it early, but you need to have stuff to show and keep them like on the hook, or you risk what you're talking about. But I also think the alternative can be true, where if you don't give it enough time, because like look at like indie games. I think a lot of indie games really benefit from a longer hype cycle, but the opposite can be like look at like No Man's Sky, right? Like it, the hype was too much. For it, yeah. you know, or like a game like um, like Mighty Number no. Nine, which had a really successful Kickstarter, and then it sucked. You know, like that brought a bunch of attention to it, and then it flopped. But like you look at like Shovel Knight, that's like the indie success story, and that game, you know, had a Kickstarter, and then a, a not a lengthy but a good amount of gap between its release, and then you know, like set the world on fire. So like. I, I Stardew had the same benefit, right? Or like Minecraft was a game that was like you know defined by its beta. Mm. So like, I, I think, I think it really depends on what you have to show and how worth what you have to show is. Because like I think about um, like that rare game that they showed us at the Xbox conference. This is the second time they've showed it to us, and it's just cinematics, and I still don't know what the game is. So it's like I don't think you're gonna get to know what the game is for a long time. Because yeah, I don't think it's and to really me, anytime that's soon. dumb. Like, at least with like the horizon. See, I don't know if that is because like uh, the first time I saw it, and I think they should have just showed it once. Right. Just I was once. like, this is fucking stunning, and I have no idea what it is. And like, keep that tease going of yeah, Rare's working on that new game that looked absolutely stunning. We don't know what it is, but we know that they're working on something new. So it's not just like oh yeah, Rare's the game that does the sea game sea of thieves that's it sea of thieves game and it's 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 getting to that point where if you just keep showing stuff that's like not showing anything i I get what you're saying it's 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 diminishing it's just annoying yeah uh so speaking of diminishing return i'm just kidding that would that would be a really mean transition uh so there are rumors that astral chain 2 uh seems to be coming so um there is a link we have here uh, on the Australian like games classification. It's, yeah. it's for like films and art and everything, but like they have a thing for Astral Chain Duty Striker, uh, and its classification date is January second, twenty twenty. So that lends a little bit of credence to the idea that there's another Astral Chain game in development, right? Then we also had um, a tweet from uh, Platinum Games's. Um, Hideki Kamiya? Kamiya? I think it's Kamiya. Uh, Hideki Kamiya, who is uh, the chief designer at Platinum Games, who just tweeted Astral Chain 2 uh, and then deleted it. So we there's a screenshot of it that you can grab over on uh, our Nintendo Switch if you want to check it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. But um, So obviously Steve and I did not get into Astral Chain. Uh, we were famously not interested in it, and a lot of people gave a shit for that. So... I hate to say that that is all you know, I have to say it, on this subject. I'm still I'm still on that boat, by the way. My partner's brother came over and he brought his Switch over and was playing Astral Chain and I was looking at it and I was just like... I don't like this. No, I don't like this game. I'm glad I didn't buy this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm firmly still in that camp. I agree. I, I'm not I, interested, but yeah. this is cool for people who were and I know a lot of our listeners were. 
himself. A hundred percent. And I don't know that it's Astral Train 2 because I know the one year anniversary is coming up soon and potentially this is like a a DLC. That's what I thought when I saw the classification stuff. But then when the the lead designer just randomly tweets out Astral Chain 2 and then probably gets told, take that tweet down and it disappears, who who knows what's going on? Who's to say? Alright, so uh, we're going to jump into the mail pot real quick here. And uh, we've got we got uh, a couple questions. This first one comes from one of our Patreon supporters, Left Eye Lazy, who says, Steve said this week that he loved the latest Yokai Watch box art. What's the last game you guys bought on box art alone? I love this question because it takes me back to, like, being eight or nine years old and going to, like, Toys R Us. Yeah. And just, like, walking up and down the aisle and being like, this looks cool. Can you imagine? Can you believe that's how you used to buy games? I, know, I remember doing that. It was, like, yeah, so me stupid. <laughs> My my dad always stopped me doing it, like because he was big into games when I was a, yeah. when I was a kid, still is, and so he would essentially research the games that he knew I would like, and would say, "We're gonna get you this one. Don't get that one. We're, this one's better, even if the box didn't look as good, and I didn't want it." I was racking my brain because because uh, he posted this question like the day after we posted the podcast, and I really cannot think of the last game that I bought just on box art alone. I can think on games that I've bought just because they came in a box. Like, I should have bought them digitally, but because they did a limited run physical version, I can think sure. of those. Like I bought um, Divinity Original Sin 2 and spent way too much money importing that over just because I wanted the physical <laughs> that whole version. Saga. Yeah, and then I got um, the Phoenix Wright trilogy from Japan. That box art's actually insane. Like, I love the fact that it's all Japanese in style and it just looks crazy. Um, so I guess those two. I can't really think of any, though, that are just like, oh, that box looks awesome. I'm going to buy that game. If we're going by the metric that you set, uh, the last two that I would have would be Persona 5 Royal because I got the collector's edition, but I bought it because it was on sale and it was cheaper. Um, it was like a used copy that like the box is kind of broken. <laughs> but um, it's... It's a really nice box set. Uh, and then I have the Link's Awakening collection. Oh, yeah, the you, Link's Awakening one I did me. get, yeah. Because uh, that was I, ridiculous. I didn't need that book or the still still book thing that looks like the Game Boy. But, but it's so sick. I bought it because it looks like a Game Boy and it looks fucking cool. It was worth it. Um, but I was trying to think back on it and... I don't, I don't know that this technically counts, but it's the last memory I have of buying a game in a Toys R Us on a whim. So we're going to go with this story. Mm-hmm. So uh, back when I was a wee lad and the PlayStation 2 was a new console, uh, I remember going over to uh, my, my good buddy Craig's house and uh, he had Final Fantasy X, um, which if you know, you're know you old like me and Steve, uh, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I, I remember that game being like such a a benchmark because it was like, I've never seen a game that looks this real before. You know, like how good the fucking character models look. And like, especially the animated, like, cutscenes were like, well, not animated, not like drawn, but like the not, the FMV stuff, the not actually in-engine stuff, um, was like, I can't even believe this looks so good. And I got like, I watched my friend play like the first 10 hours. Like I went and stayed at his house for a weekend or whatever in the summer. And 
he got in the game on Friday night, and we're like, yo, let's check it out. And we just were playing it. It was just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? This is amazing. <laughs> and I like went home and was like, I need to get Final Fantasy X right now. We need to go to the fucking – we need to go to Toys R Us. So we go to the Toys R Us, and it's sold out. And oh, we man. tried – like, and uh, so it's like, okay, great. My heart's broken. Um, but the, the kid who worked there was like, well, we do have Final Fantasy IX. I was like, ah, it's nine though. I want ten, and like it was a PlayStation One. Ten's, ten's a big number. We yeah, and well, and like it, it was a PlayStation One game, too. So I was like, well, I want to play PlayStation Two games. Like I have my new PlayStation Two. But I looked at the box and I was like, yeah, this looks. It's like the same kind of box. Like this looks pretty cool. All right, fine, I'll get it. Ended up falling in love with it. Loved Final Fantasy Nine. So ended up being good. I got ten later. It was all right. But uh, I guess that technically. That's like kind of in that that window. Uh, okay, so this next one comes from Trendy Brendy, who wrote into me at pete@lupots.com, just like you can if you want to get your thoughts read in our mail pot segment, uh, and wrote me a short novel. But guess what? Uh, nothing's happening this week, so I'm gonna, you know, we're we're gonna get into it. Uh, so I don't know who's on the episode besides Pete and Fanatics Parker, but whatever. No, you saw the tweet about me being on their show, and you were mistaken. But it's okay, buddy. Um, I believe the Pokemon Sword Shield slash Crown Tundra DLC will launch in October. Allow me to make my case. Number one, the release date is listed as fall, and this window was reconfirmed multiple times since the pandemic. Two, the Island of Armor launched June 17th, around the middle of the month. Rather than looking at those details and just saying it'll launch in the middle of a fall month, we have to look deeper to the context of launching mid-June, specifically at the competitive scene. Pokemon Sword and Shield's ranked battles have come in series. A series is a period of two months, typically with new rule sets. For example, earlier series were adding new Gigantamax Pokemon or when they legalized the non-native starter Pokemon. Series 5 began July 1st and allowed for the use of the newly added Isle of Armor Pokemon, so players had half a month between the DLC's launch and the new series to prepare new teams. Series 6 is is just beginning September 1st and will likely end at the end of October. See where I'm going with this? I believe Series 7 will begin November 1st and will allow the use of the Crown Tundra Pokemon. And I believe that, like earlier this year, we'll have half a month to prepare for it. You know, I... Oh. And he said, question, if you want to jump to it. <laughs> what do you guys think about a mid-October launch for Pokemon DLC? And when do you think we'll get a clarified release date beyond, quote, fall? Sorry if this was wordy. Trendy Brendy. Um, so it was wordy, but it was really good... Like, you did mm-hmm. some good sleuthing, so I wanted to throw it in there because I think it colors the question. Um, based on what you said, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I hadn't really thought about the series and, like, how you could use those timetables as a predicting factor. But I, I think what you're laying out, like, lines up pretty well. Because I think if it's fall, right, it's got to be September, October, November, um, based on what you've said, December twenty first is when winter starts. You've got a long period of time. Fair. I don't think it's coming in December. Right? No, I don't either. I, but I personally think it's probably coming in November because I don't think they have anything big as a Christmas game, other than potentially the Mario stuff. That's possible. But I also, I think also that... think, I also think like the June date is just because that was going to be E three week. And it was probably going to be a surprise drop during their E3 Direct. Like, here's, and today, it's out now. Like, 
I could have seen that being a huge thing for them, but obviously E3 didn't happen, so we don't know if that was the case or if it is related to the series stuff. Yeah, I think I think mid-November does make sense. My the only because you're right around Black Friday then, you know, and it's like, a year from the game's release. Right, like the, I think those things make a lot of sense. The only uh, aside from what what Brendy's laid out here, which I do think is pretty compelling evidence for a mid-October launch. There's also the potential that you do a mid-October launch and then in November you do some kind of bundle where it's like the ultimate version of the game where all the DLCs on the cart or yeah. you sell a bundle, a new Pokemon bundle where it's Switch Lite with Sword or Shield and the DLC, and the something, DLC something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? And then you kind of space it out where you can hit people, you hit the market twice and get two marketing cycles for it. But I could definitely see that. Or I could see them also announcing it in October, it not being released till November. Gives people that heads up to change their teams and stuff. That's potentially a, a possibility. Well, no, because it would have to be out for them to oh, be able okay. to. Because that's the thing, right? Is It has to come out and then you have a, about you know, a month, month and a half or whatever to um, – or half a month, I'm sorry, is what Brendy's laying out to actually – get a team ready for the new meta. So, hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think mid-October does make sense, and I think if it's not yeah. mid-October, I'm with you on, on November for sure. Um, I don't think September or December are, are options that make sense at all to me. No, I, I at this point, I'm still hopeful that September is the uh, release of Mario stuff. When's Pikmin out as well? Oh, uh, to answer your other question, Brendy, in terms of when do we think we'll learn more about it, I think, as I've said, it's get, it's increasingly impossible to predict what Nintendo's going to do this year, but I think, uh, I think September is probably the last point that I, that I think makes sense for a general direct, is like end of September, because it could happen October, that's not totally unprecedented, but... I think you want, like, if there is going to be the Mario Collection or any of these other kind of things that we think could get announced in a general direct for that 2020 window, that the window for announcing those things is closing because they're going to want to get them ready for Black Friday and for the holiday push if those games exist, if they're coming, right? Um, so I think if we're going to get a general direct that has more information like that, that would be when we would get it. Um, that said, I think a clarified release date for Isla, uh, for the, not Isle of Armor, that's the first one, um, for Crown the Tundra, Crown Tundra, uh, could just as easily come from the Twitter, the Pokemon Twitter, um, and that could come, you know, as late as two weeks before the actual release. So, uh, if we don't get a general direct by the end of September, I would shoot, I would imagine you get confirmation of this in like a trailer from the Pokemon company's Twitter, um, either at the beginning of October or uh, near the end of October, depending on when the DLC is dropping. All right. So let's move into our main topic this week uh, to close out the show. And uh, there are some brand new Switch Pro rumors, Steve. Switch Pro rumors. They're out. They're in the wild. It's time to talk about it again. I know... We haven't talked about it enough on this show, right? Of the idea of another Switch model. So let's talk about no, it. No, yeah, we've never mentioned that never, one. So never discussed okay. it. No, but here's what we're going to do. So I I decided 
I, I know when the Switch Pro is coming out. I've decided. I have it in my mind. This is my, this is my theory, and I'm sticking to it. So what we're going to do for this main topic is we are going to plant our flags right now for these Switch Pro predictions. You are going to make your official in the sand prediction for what the Switch Pro is, when it comes out, and how much it will cost. Shit. And that's going to be right, okay. I'm doing mine in pounds because I have no idea in dollars. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Cost. You do it in your native currency. <laughs> that's okay. We could do it. We could. Uh, we'll get a calculator. We'll do a. <laughs> we'll now do is this is on the report saying this is replacing the current switch or it's a secondary skew? So the reason I wanted to talk about this uh, is because. It, it started making the rounds again when Nibble, at Nibelian on Twitter, if you're a games Twitter person, you know Nibble. Uh, there's a rumor that was coming from Video Games Chronicle that he tweeted about and um, kind of lends some credence to, to, the, to the rumor in my mind. Uh, so his tweet said, rumor, new Switch hardware model to launch early next year according to a report that cites manufacturing sources. It'll come with improved display quality and, quote, interactivity. And then he said, fully expecting this to be a pro upgrade for the current Switch, similar to the DSi or new 3DS. That will be a noticeable but not too crazy improvement to the current model. Also, maybe no more Joy-Con drift issues, please. Yeah, that's 100% the one thing I want. But it's also been corroborated by uh, Takashi Mochizuki over at Bloomberg, who has. has been 100% on point with the rumors previously. And I think he was the one who confirmed the... Um, the use of a new screen and uh, the improved battery life switch, the model that came out, uh, I think it was either late last year or early this year. Um, so it's happening, and I guess Q1 2021 is when we're going to see it. What's in it then? What do you think? So my official prediction for what this thing looks like is spoiler alert if you already watched the Fanatics 4 podcast because I had to talk about it over there. But I think it what will change, I agree, I think it will be more akin to a DS to DS Lite, 3DS to 3DS Lite, whatever, and then we get the Pro, whatever. Like it's gonna be something like that. It's not it's not going to represent a major shift. Uh, it won't be like a Switch 2. I don't think it'll have console exclusive games. It may have exclusive features. Um, like whatever these you know interactivity features are, fine. Um, but I don't think that like uh, you're gonna have a scenario where there's like um, a third party port of some PS5 game that you can't get on your regular Switch. So that's that's the distinction I'm making there. In terms of what will change for the actual unit, I'm anticipating uh, the better screen, which will give us 1080 support in handheld. I'm thinking. Uh, stronger interior, more a little more under the hood, so we have faster load times, um, more consistent frame rates, especially in games like Breath of the Wild, uh, and some more internal memory, and potentially uh, like a, a better Wi-Fi chip. So I think just in general, it's going to be, you know, uh, quality of life improvements across the board. You know, uh, in terms of when it will release. I am going to say that I think it's going to come out in uh, 2021. I think it's going to come out in March uh, around the, the same release of the original Switch. And I believe that it will launch with Breath of the Wild 2 alongside of it. So okay. I think that lines up perfectly because you're coming up on the four-year anniversary of the Switch. 
in March 2021, the 35th anniversary of Zelda. So I feel like the marketing rights itself, right? You love your Nintendo Switch and get ready to fall in love with it all over again with Breath of the Wild 2, right? Like the game that sold you on your Switch, that made you need to get a Switch, that made it the must-sell, the must-have console. Here's the sequel. And here's your brand new Switch Pro that has locked 60 FPS, 1080 and handheld, like all that stuff. Um, and no more Joy-Con drift, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and in terms of what it will cost, that is where I am the most... Oh, see, I know what I think is going to cost. I, I kind of think the Switch Pro comes out at either 300 or 350 like just slightly more than the base switch if not at base switch price yeah that's what and i then, think is going to be at base switch price it replaces the current model that and goes then we away. get a price cut and yeah price cut on the og switch and the switch Lite, and then maybe we phase out the og switch yeah the the, uh, the original switch is going because you've got the switch Lite, which case for that i think all right so give me yours now. What are your official predictions? I okay. saw you start taking notes on mine and you only wrote 10 Yeah, because you were going to So I'll fast. get the rest of them. Yeah, okay. So I think, <laughs> again, it's probably going to be... I could see 1080p handheld, but I wouldn't be surprised with 720p. I think they may want a faster refresh rate on that screen, um, which I've seen that the current panels they, they've they got, they the, I think it's um, Sharp that makes them, can also do... Uh, higher refresh rate uh, versions of the screen. The rumors seem to point that it's going to support up to 4K graphics, so I would say that that's probably going to be what they're aiming for output. I just like don't see that. that I don't think it's going to be native 4K. I think it's probably going to be like 4K checkerboarding, like PS4 Pro uh, does. That would be sick. So I would fucking love that for Breath of the Wild too. So I could me? see the Breath of the Wild, and I think probably past Nintendo games will probably get an update to support that. Whether there's like a I boost mode like PS4, don't see it. Uh, I hope so. I really. I'm hope hoping right. for that. I don't think the design of the Switch is going to change very much. I don't think they're going to want to force everyone to get new Joy Cons and new accessories. So I think it will very much look the same whether it's a slightly different material, whether we do get a slightly revised Joy-Con, I think I could probably see that. But I don't think the shape and overall size and footprint of it is going to change very much because of the the lock into those accessories. They're not cheap, and I don't think people are going to want to spend you know, another $70 on another set of Joy-Cons. Yeah. Like, if you have the option, sure, but I, I don't I don't think it should change too much. Yeah kind of like when they did like the soft remodel of the ps4 controller Mm -hmm. it's like okay it's not that much different yeah so i don't feel compelled to go get it but maybe they do a version with like maybe the new interactivity stuff what do i think that may be that could be a camera i could see that with some ar stuff and potentially a microphone because that seems to be the one thing that we're missing from handheld and I know that PS5 has the microphone built into the controller now, so you can just play online without even having to have a headset on. And that would be Which really cool. cool to have. So I, I would quite like that. Um, but yeah, I would say 1080p handheld screen, 4K output, probably with checkerboarding, but they'll mark it as it outputs in 4K. I don't think they're going to say that it's a locked frame rate. I could see that maybe there's options. You have like whatever re- resolution you pick it either it improves frame rate or improves the resolution. 
One thing I would love is the menus to be output in more than 720p, which at the moment is what we get, which looks like a blurry mess <laughs> on um, most TVs these days. Um, I can't see that the Wi-Fi chip's going to change. I don't know why they would bother with that. I don't think many people have that many issues with the Wi-Fi, do they? I haven't had any problems with the Wi-Fi. I think it was a big problem in the beginning for a lot of people. Um, I remember when I first got my Switch, I couldn't get it to connect to the Wi-Fi, and then the first time it did, it was fine. It was just like, ooh. But, like, the distance isn't great. Like, it's... Like, I, I know some... Like, if uh, I was, like, upstairs, and my Wi-Fi, my router's in the basement, like, it was, like, mm, it was not super good, you okay. know? Um, I got an extender, and now it's not a problem, but, like, I think, like, a slight upgrade would make a big difference, because I don't think it's bad. I think it just needs to be, like, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, I think your date of March 2021 is bang on. It's four years uh, on from the original Switch. I don't know that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out that month. And I think it's coming out at the Switch price of, in the UK, 279 Okay. Okay. Well, now we have our bets. Place in the sand. So let's remember... Episode eighty-eight. We got to we got to keep this in memory. So okay, somebody who listens, I need you to take this responsibility. We're gonna try, but as if you've listened to the show long enough, you know we're both baboons. We're both goons. So even if you don't keep a list of the bets, just remember, listeners, that this was eighty-eight. We all need to we need to work together to remember that when the Switch Pro comes out or doesn't. We need this episode to, to, to come back to so we can decide who's the winner and who's the loser. Steve, what do we put on the line for winner or loser here? Like, we want to make this a bet? You want to make this interesting? Oh, I, feel yeah. pretty, I feel pretty fucking confident about this. Okay, so I really liked what they used to do on Kotaku Split Screen before that disappeared, which is the winner has to... Uh, the, the winner gets to pick a game that the loser has to play. And has Perfect. to has to play through. Sold. Let's do it. I'm picking Persona Five Royal, and you're okay. done. <laughs> All right. I need to have a think about what game I'm going to pick for you. It's probably going to be something that I love that you. I need to think of what I've played that you haven't, because you seem to play a lot of the same games. Although I could make you play Fire Emblem. Exactly. Mm. You could make me play Fire Emblem. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Either way, you have to finish it though, right? You have to beat the game. What do we say by beat the game? Roll credits? Beat. Roll credits. Okay. Not 100%, but you need to beat the game. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. So, thank you all for joining us here on another episode of the podcast. It is always a pleasure. Thank you for making us a part of your week every week. Uh, of course, go and show your support on all the platforms. Head to LootPots.com. Go to the Twitch channel. Check out Adam's video over on the YouTubes. Check out Pixel's video on Pikmin 3 if you haven't checked that one out yet. It's a good one, too. Um, you can join the Discord. You can write in to me at Pete at LootPots.com if you want to get your voice read in our MailPot segment. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's you know tons of stuff you can do all over the web, wherever you get your video game content. We're there making Nintendo content for you. Uh, so, of, again, of course, Patreon, Patreon.com. 
uh, slash Lupots, get us at that $1 level, and you will get access to After Dark, which we're about to jump into right now, where we're going to talk about Steve's Breakfast, the Picnic Gun story, and some more Gamescom news, including Dragon Age 4, which I'm very excited about. So if you want to hear that conversation, go hit us for a buck, show your support, help us keep the mics on, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Potscast. <laughs>